section 103 of norway sweden denmark iceland greenland and the search for the poles this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by april 6090 california united states of america the world's story volume 8 norway sweden denmark iceland greenland and the search for the poles edited by eva march tappan section 103 the attack of the ice 1893 by fridjof nansen fridjof nansen of christiania norway was trained as a zoologist and expected to become one but a trip to the waters of east greenland in search of specimens aroused in him an intense interest in the far north a few years later he made the first journey across greenland and spent a winter among the natives of that country he had a theory that a ship setting out from above siberia would drift across the pole and in eighteen ninety three he set out in the fram forward to test its truth for six months he drifted as he had hoped then he and one companion left the vessel and with dog sleds pushed on northward he came within two hundred and seventy two miles of the pole a point one hundred and eighty four miles nearer than had been reached before the following article pictures one of his experiences while the fram was drifting the editor friday january fourth the ice kept quiet during the night but all day with some intervals it has been crackling and settling and this evening there have been several fits of pressure from nine o'clock onward for a time it came on sometimes rather lightly at regular intervals sometimes with a rush and a regular roar then it subsided somewhat and then it roared anew meanwhile the pressure ridge towers higher and higher and bears right down upon us slowly while the pressure comes on at intervals only and more quickly when the onset continues for a time one can actually see it creeping nearer and nearer and now at one o'clock at night it is not many feet scarcely five away from the edge of the snowdrift on the port side near the gangway and thence to the vessel is scarcely more than ten feet so that it will not be long now before it is upon us meanwhile the ice continues to split and the solid mass in which we are embedded grows less and less both to port and starboard several fissures extend right up to the fram as the ice sinks down under the weight of the ridge on the port side and the fram lists more that way more water rushes up over the new ice which has frozen on the water that rose yesterday this is like dying by inches slowly but surely the baleful ridge advances and it looks as if it means going right over the rail but if the fram will only oblige us by getting free of the ice she will i am confident extricate herself yet even though matters look rather awkward at present we shall probably have a hard time of it however before she can break loose if she does not do so at once i have been out and had a look at the ridge and seen how surely it is advancing i have looked up the fissures in the ice and noted how they are forming and expanding round the vessel i have listened to the ice crackling and crunching underfoot and i do not feel much disposed to turn into my berth before i see the fram quite released as i sit here now i hear the ice making a fresh assault and roaring and packing outside and i can tell that the ridge is coming nearer 
this is an ice pressure with a vengeance and it seems as if it would never cease i do not think there is anything more that we can do now all is in readiness for leaving the vessel if need be Today, the clothing etc was taken out and placed ready for removal in separate bags for each man it is very strange there is certainly a possibility that all our plans may be crossed by unforeseen events although it is not very probable that this will happen as yet i feel no anxiety in that direction only i should like to know whether we are really to take everything on to the ice or not however it is past one o'clock and i think the most sensible thing to do would be to turn in and sleep the watch has orders to call me when the hummock reaches the fram it is lucky it is moonlight now so that we are able to see something of all this abomination the day before yesterday we saw the moon for the first time just above the horizon yesterday it was shining a little and now we have it both day and night a most favorable state of things but it is nearly two o'clock and i must go to sleep now the pressure of the ice i can hear is stronger again saturday january fifth to-night everybody sleeps fully dressed and with the most indispensable necessaries either by his side or secured to his body ready to jump on the ice at the first warning all other requisites such as provisions clothing sleeping bags etc etc have been brought out on the ice we have been at work at this all day and have got everything into perfect order and are now quite ready to leave if necessary which however i do not believe will be the case though the ice pressure has been as bad as it could be i slept soundly woke up only once and listened to the crunching and jamming and grinding till i fell asleep again i was called at five thirty in the morning by Sverdrup, who told me that the hummock had now reached the fram and was bearing down on us violently reaching as high as the rail i was not left in doubt very long as hardly had i opened my eyes when i heard a thundering and crashing outside in the ice as if doomsday had come i jumped up there was nothing left for it but to call all hands to put all remaining provisions on the ice and then put all our furs and other equipment on deck so that they could be thrown overboard at a moment's notice if necessary thus the day passed but the ice kept quiet last of all the petroleum launch which was hanging in the davits on the port side was lowered and was dragged towards the great hummock at about eight o'clock in the evening when we thought the ice pressure had subsided it started thundering and crashing again worse than ever i hurried up masses of snow and ice rushed on us high above the rail amidships and over the tent peter who also came up seized a spade and rushed forward outside the awning as far as the forepart of the half-deck and stood in the midst of the ice digging away and i followed to see how matters stood i saw more than i cared to see it was hopeless to fight that enemy with a spade i called out to peter to come back and said we had better see to getting everything out on to the ice hardly had i spoken when it pressed on again with renewed strength and thundered and crashed and as peter said and laughed till he shook again nearly sent both me and the spade to the deuce i rushed back to the main deck on the way i met mogstad who hurried up spade in hand and sent him back running forward under the tent towards the ladder i saw that the tent roof was bent down under the weight of the masses of ice which were rushing over it and crashing in over the rail and bulwarks to such an extent that i expected every moment to see the ice force its way through and block up the passage when i got below i called all hands on deck but told them when going up not to go out through the door on the port side 
but through the chart room and out on the starboard side in the first place all the bags were to be brought up from the saloon and then we were to take those lying on deck i was afraid that if the door on the port side was not kept closed the ice might if it suddenly burst through the bulwarks and tent rush over the deck and in through the door fill the passage and rush down the ladder and thus imprison us like mice in a trap true the passage up from the engine-room had been cleared for this emergency but this was a very narrow hole to get through with heavy bags and no one could tell how long this hole would keep open when the ice once attacked us in earnest i ran up again to set free the dogs which were shut up in castle garden an enclosure on the deck among the port bulwark they whined and howled most dolefully under the tent as the snow masses threatened at any moment to crush it and bury them alive i cut away the fastening with a knife pulled the door open and out rushed most of them by the starboard gangway at full speed meantime the hands started bringing up the bags it was quite unnecessary to ask them to hurry up the ice did that thundering against the ship's sides in a way that seemed irresistible it was a fearful hurly-burly in the darkness for to cap all the mate had in the hurry let the lanterns go out i had to go down again to get something on my feet my finland shoes were hanging up to dry in the galley when i got there the ice was at its worst and the half-deck beams were creaking overhead so that i really thought they were all coming down the saloon and the berths were soon cleared of bags and the deck as well and we started taking them along the ice the ice roared and crashed against the ship's side so that we could hardly hear ourselves speak but all went quickly and well and before long everything was in safety while we were dragging the bags along the pressure and jamming of the ice at last stopped and all was quiet again as before but what a sight the fram's port side was quite buried under the snow all that could be seen was the top of the tent projecting had the petroleum launch been hanging in the davits as it was a few hours previously it would hardly have escaped destruction the davits were quite buried in ice and snow it is curious that both fire and water have been powerless against that boat and it has now come out unscathed from the ice and lies there bottom upward on the floe she has had a stormy existence and continual mishaps i wonder what is next in store for her it was i must admit a most exciting scene when it was at its worst and we thought it was imperative to get the bags up from the saloon with all possible speed sverdrup now tells me that he was just about to have a bath and was as naked as when he was born when he heard me call all hands on deck as this had not happened before he understood there was something serious the matter and he jumped into his clothes anyhow amudson apparently also realized that something was amiss he says he was the first who came up with his bag he had not understood or had forgotten in the confusion the order about going out through the starboard door he groped his way out on the port side and fell in the dark over the edge of the half-deck well that did not matter he said he was quite used to that kind of thing but having pulled himself together after the fall and as he was lying there on his back he dared not move for it seemed to him as if tent and all were coming down on him and it thundered and crashed against the gunwale and the hole as if the last hour had come it finally dawned on him why he ought to have gone out on the starboard and not on the port side all that could possibly be thought to be of any use was taken out the mate was seen dragging along a big bag of clothes with the heavy bundle of cups fastened outside it later he was stalking about with all sorts of things 
such as mittens knives cups etc fastened to his clothes and dangling about him so that the rattling noise could be heard afar off he is himself to the last in the evening the men all started eating their stock of cakes sweetmeats and such like smoked tobacco and enjoyed themselves in the most animated fashion they evidently thought it was uncertain when they should next have such a time on board the fram and therefore they thought it was best to avail themselves of the opportunity we are now living in marching order on an empty ship by way of precaution we have now burst open again the passage on the starboard side which was used as a library and had theretofore been closed and all doors are now kept always open so that we can be sure of getting out even if anything should give way we do not want the ice pressure to close the doors against us by jamming the doorposts together but she certainly is a strong ship it is a mighty ridge that we have in our port side and the masses of ice are tremendous the ship is listing more than ever nearly seven degrees but since the last pressure she has righted herself a little again so that she must surely have broken away from the ice and begun to rise and all danger is doubtless over so after all it has been a case of much ado about nothing End of chapter one hundred and three this recording is in the public domain